We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up? It's the Bronx Pinstripe Show. It is uh, Thanksgiving week, so happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Scott, I'm in a good mood because uh, short week, no one's really working this week, and uh, you know Monday Night Football tonight, getting ready for that game, so just in a good mood overall. I think once Thanksgiving comes, people just basically start putting on the brakes till the rest of the year, basically. I mean, you get Thanksgiving, and then you blink your eyes, and, th- and uh, Christmas is here, so yeah, I don't, there's not a lot of work going on, uh, especially in, in like government sector jobs and things like that. Those guys, I, I don't think, work at all from here on in yeah well i don't work in a government sector job but uh, my office is pretty slow this week i was able to leave a little early today we're recording monday afternoon um so a couple days till thanksgiving uh what do you got planned for the holiday a lot of family we're going to my wife's brother's house and basically her all in-laws my every time every year for thanksgiving it's it's kind of my wife's family we uh we hang out with them. There's usually about 15, 15, 20 of us. And then you flip flop for Christmas. Yeah. For Christmas, uh, I'm up in, well, this year I'll be in Princeton. Actually, my sister just moved to Princeton from Brooklyn. So we will all be in Princeton for Thanksgiving this year. So it'll be a new house and, uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Sweet. Yeah. I got some, uh, you know, I'll be home in Rhode Island. Family comes down from Massachusetts, uh, my mom's side of the family. So it should be, should be a fun day. Just hanging out, stuffing your face and uh, watching some football. Hopefully, uh, uh, I'm not really too excited about that first game. I think it's Lions Eagles. The Eagles, I think are pretty much dead. 
But I don't know. I think that Carolina-Dallas game at 4 o'clock could be pretty good. Yeah, the Dallas-Carolina game could, could definitely be good. The Lions are actually playing a lot better. Their defense is playing pretty well. Yeah, but I mean, uh, both of those teams surprising. are pretty much dead, though. Yeah, but I mean, at least it'll be relatively entertaining, I guess. Watch a train wreck with the Eagles, because the Eagles have been bad. They've been real bad, and I know people like watching them, especially Chip Kelly. People really hate Chip Kelly outside of Philly, and in Philly, actually. Now, now yeah, that the I think, is going I was just going to say, I think, I think people in Philly might hate him more than people outside of Philly. Yeah, he's just pompous. He's he's very arrogant, and I think people he just rubs people the wrong way. But well, yeah, you can so, be pompous. You can be pompous when you win, but if you're if you've got a three win football team, you can't really be a jackass. See, I was completely expecting you to to highlight that game because it's Mark Sanchez back on Thanksgiving, oh, and you know, the I, I, last I time he was make Thanksgiving, that. yeah, the last time he had a Thanksgiving game, he was running into the behind of his offensive lineman. Thank so. you for pointing that out. I yeah, you did that yeah. to yourself though. That's, yeah, I know, see, I know. I felt like I had Jets you know, fans have it's there. this self-loathing where they just need they they bring it out of themselves. I don't even have to point it out to you. You're just gonna bring it bring it out of yourself. Glutton for punishment. Yep. Yeah. When I when I when football season starts, I'm like completely opposite of what I am in the baseball season. I have zero confidence. I expect the worst. Whereas during the baseball season, I'm I'm pumped up, ready to go, expect the best. I'm a totally different sports fan. Totally they, different sports fan with the two teams. Speaking of the Jets, are they dead? I don't think they're dead because I think there's that wild card I think is going to go down to the last two weeks. So now they have not put themselves in good situations because if they are tied with a few different teams, yep. they already have the, they lost the tiebreaker to, um, to, to Oakland and uh, I can't even think of – they've lost – they have – So they lost to Houston yesterday and they lost to Oakland a couple of weeks ago and those teams both have the same record as them. So they got to win one more. They're essentially two games behind those teams. Right, and Buffalo, we've already lost to, so that's going to be an even more important game the next time we play them. Um, so they're, yeah, there's, they're not looking good for the wild card at this point. So they have to, they have to string together some victories and, and put it together. I mean, I don't know. I, you know, a lot of it's actually going on Bulls, to tell you the truth. I wasn't expecting this, but he has shown to be, um, you know, over-aggressive, I guess, not taking points. Uh, he's done it in a number of games, and it's really starting to bite them in the butt. They're just not playing. They're not playing well. And they're not making good decisions. I think it's the coaching staff too. So, Revis um, is looking his age too. He really is. He got fried, man, by by Hopkins, and then the week before, to out by Allen Robinson at the Jaguars, burned him a couple times too. So yeah, he's been yeah, yeah that, he's been definitely exposed a few lethal times. Lethal Blake Bortles to Allen Robinson combination. <laughs> Hey, I was telling you earlier that don't no, sleep shut on those up. guys. No way, those, man. They put up three hundred yards a game. Oh the Bortles does. That Jaguars offense, are in the playoff hunt. Think about that. I know they are. The Jacksonville Jaguars could win that division. By next year, those those Jaguars will be uh, a good team. And then you're going to see years, Oakland and Jacksonville next year take a big step forward. And then in three years, they'll be the London Fogs or whatever they're going to name them. That's possible. That's yeah. I mean, their helmets already look like they could be the London Fog right now. I can't stand those helmets. The gradient going that back. Game on, so that game on that game last Thursday between the Tennessee Titans and Jacksonville. Setback football, like two decades. That being a primetime Thursday night game, it's just like, come on, NFL. Don't, you know, you have the stage. It's Thursday night. Just do not put this trash on TV. Please, I'm begging you. I've got nothing else. It's cold outside. I want to sit in and watch a good game. I want to, you know, have some beer and, and just enjoy my Thursday night. But I couldn't even watch that game for more than two minutes because it was that pitiful. Yeah, I was making small talk with people at the bar at an airport, so <laughs> I was barely watching the game too. I was re- I was 
Perf- I was uh, I was leaning towards talking to random strangers than watching that game. That's, that's when exactly- you know <laughs> when you're when you're relegated <laughs> to being the weirdo at the bar. That's when you know. I was talking to everybody. I had no bar. business watching that game, and I was stuck in an airport for mm. hours and hours and hours because the East Coast was a disaster that night. So, yeah, um, yeah, they got to put a better game on than that. But you know what? All is forgotten. Thanksgiving's coming up. I'm excited for it. What's your favorite? What's your favorite uh, Thanksgiving side dish? Well, I'm a side dish guy. I like. Yeah. I definitely go side dish over. I mean, I eat the turkey, but um, I prefer the side dish. Dark um, meat or, or white uh, white meat. So, um, dark meat. But then the next day, I like doing uh, a sandwich with white meat. But my I'm favorite. On, I'm on board with that. I'm on board. Yeah, with that. my favorite side dish uh, has has got to be. Mm, it's a tough one. Probably gonna go stuffing, but mashed potatoes with gravy is like it's knocking on the door. Yeah, but I feel like mashed potatoes and gravy is something you have more than just Thanksgiving. So no, I, I don't really eat mashed potatoes and gravy other than Thanksgiving. Okay, well I have it. I have it more often than that because I like it. It's delicious. Why are you and not fatter it, then? I don't know. My metabolism, my metabolism actually got better as I was as I got older. I did not expect that. If you look at uh, my family history, it's just it's not something that you'd you'd possibly expect. But I don't know how the hell it happens, but it does. So I'm gonna take advantage of it while I can. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna eat mashed potatoes every time I can. But um, I I, I never I was never a big stuffing guy until I got introduced to cornbread stuffing, and then I was done. Like yeah. delicious. I love I've it. I've had that before. That is ridiculous. Homemade mac and cheese, if it's if it's like you know got the crust on top and it's and it's like baked, a little over, a little overcooked. I like that. I like having that that crispiness on the top. Um, but my favorite, and this is completely off the charts, but it's something my mother makes, and I'm I actually make now. But it's it's even it's really easy. It's uh it's those small onions. You know what I'm talking about? The ones that you get in a jar, those real tiny yeah. onions. Yeah. And you, it's it's very simple. You you take the onions, you put them on the bottom of a tray, and then you dump Velveeta cheese all over them. <laughs> And then, you put, and then you make a Ritz cracker topping. So good. Jesus. So good. <laughs> Why aren't you fatter? Seriously. I, and I usually, that's one, that's a Thanksgiving thing only. But, and that one I'm like, I put it right next to my mashed potatoes, right next to my, um, my stuffing. And it's just a, you know, I just like start folding into each other. It's delicious. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do prefer the sandwich though the next day, or if I'm up late that night, that night, I just throw cranberry sauce, stuffing, everything, pretty much my entire plate onto two pieces of bread. It's delicious. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't do cranberry sauce though. I'm not a, oh, I'm not I a cranberry I sauce. I love cranberry sauce. Ugh. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, good stuff. Good. I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving as we, as we already said, um, it's one of those days that it's probably my favorite holiday because, it's just acceptable to do nothing all day. Uh, you just, you know, you're with family and, and that's sort of it. You don't really worry about going anywhere else. Once you're, once you're in that one place, you throw football on and it's, it's sort of the end of the day. But, um, I was talking to a friend at work and he was, he just got married and he was saying that his, uh, wife's family does not watch the football games on Thanksgiving and they don't even have it on. They don't, they don't put the TV on or anything like that. So it's just like total, Total, you know, just family talking and stuff. And I'm like, what the hell are you going to do? He's like, I honestly don't know. I usually have the escape where I could just go over because, um, you know, he's uh, living uh, or he his his parents' ha- house is near it. So he could just go to his parents' house. But he does not know what he's going to do this year. What's your buddy's name? His name is RJ. If you're listening to RJ, I'm praying for you, man. RJ, RJ, listen very closely. 
This is a very big deal and a very big moment for you. This is the first the first uh, Thanksgiving, I guess, right? When since you've been married. Yep. You need to draw a line in the sand <laughs> and and establish yourself as the football guy for Thanksgiving and I don't care if it's on like the main television, but it needs to be on a television in this house. I don't think he's going to be able to do it. It's it this well, I think it are you telling me that they're just going to say no? You can't have it in like the basement or like the side room, or is he so. just not going to ask? I, I I think they're going to say no. They're going to say no. I think That's he's ridiculous. asked before. No way. I can't imagine any family in America saying no to that. <laughs> they're out there. I don't know, RJ. I think this is a big moment for you. I think you need to. I think you really need to look in the mirror and, and you know talk to yourself like this. This is that. This is that moment because you're you're going to be doing this for the rest of your life. You need to set a precedent. It, it needs to happen. It's like it's like when I first started dating, you know, my wife. You know, there were things that I established very early, like that. You know, this is me, and this is what's going to happen. Um, yeah, I feel like you got to train the in-laws on that one. And I'm sure that's why she loves you. That's exactly why she loves me. <laughs> All right, so you had a busy week uh, with the website. You did a, a an overhaul on it. It's looking good. Uh, new layout. If you uh, people listening, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but total new layout on the site and uh, on on mobile. It looks. A hell of a lot better. It's lightning fast on mobile. So so nice job there. Yes. If you have not gone to BronxPinstripes.com uh, in the past week, uh, definitely check it out. One, our traffic has increased quite a bit over the past week. And I think a lot of it is because of our – we scaled our servers up. Um, we, we're, we're getting uh, – we're putting out a lot of articles and we're covering pretty much all aspects of the team at this point. And we're just going to continue to cover, uh, you know, more and more of the, of the team as we, as we move forward. And it was, uh, it was time for a, a bigger server. So we actually tripled our server. We can, we can actually handle now three times the amount of traffic on the site at one time. Um, and then, yeah, as far as the design, I did a lot of, a lot of different tweaks and things like that so that it's more mobile friendly because actually 75% of our traffic's on mobile. So definitely check it out. If you um, if you have any errors or anything like that, you shoot us a, a tweet, a Facebook message, an email, something. Because I, I want to know, obviously. I want to have uh, you know a positive experience and as good, of, as good of an experience as we can for you guys. That's why we do this. So um, definitely let us know if something's not working correctly or if you see something. But uh, yeah, uh, it's it's definitely a uh, uh, an upgrade, and I'm pretty excited with uh, with what's going to come for 2016. So, and the people who write the articles, we also take pride if we break the website, so that's always fun. Yeah, exactly. And you've broken it a few times. Robinson Cano tends to break yeah, the Robinson website. Robinson Cano has broken the website a couple times. Yeah, Robbie Cano, especially when when it starts going viral in Seattle, and we start getting just like hate comments. That's when it starts getting real. To this fun. day, I can't step foot in the state of Washington. Yeah, I mean that's what happens. You get exiled. It's okay though. It was a it was a good couple. Uh, it was a good forty eight hours. That was actually kind of fun. Um, I was looking at it today when when we posted uh, when you put up that article about uh, Cano being unhappy and wanting to come back to the Yankees, and there were there were quite a bit of people in in Seattle or Washington on that on that particular article. So they didn't write hateful comments. comments this time though. Yeah, I know. I because I, I feel like you steered you. I feel like you were a lot more careful this time, as far as you know, being politically correct. Let's let's all be honest with that. <laughs> I yeah. took one crack at Seattle. First of all, I've never been to Seattle. I'm sure it's an awesome city. I've only heard good. It is. Things. It's a great city. I said that they like to smoke weed and listen to Pearl Jam, which, to be <laughs> honest, I don't mind doing myself. So I don't really know how that's a really big insult. No, it wasn't an insult, but for some reason they took offense to it. Uh, apparently, they're very, very uh, 
particular about their stereotypes, and they don't they don't like that. I don't know if they don't like Pearl Jam anymore. I think Eddie Vedder's awesome. I think Pearl Jam's awesome. Um, I'm not going to comment. Been a on... younger crowd must have been like 18 year olds who don't think. Yeah, Pearl like Jam stop is cool. stop telling us we're the grunge era. We're, this is not that's not who who we are anymore. Right. Yeah, maybe. But um, but yeah, the the comments were more on that particular article. They were they were basically Yankee fans saying good riddance. Is is was the uh, the underlying theme of the comments on that one. Yeah, and we got a. We're, we'll talk about more of that Cano stuff um, in a little bit. Uh, so we definitely got more about that. But yeah, it's been uh, a lot of Cano news the last few days. But you also have a a plan for Black Friday uh, for for the store. So why don't you tell people about that? Yeah. So on the in the fan shop, if you guys haven't checked out the fan shop, definitely do it. Uh, it's on bronxpinstripes.com slash fan shop, and we're going to run a promo. For through from Thanksgiving through the rest of the weekend, basically a, a Black Friday, Cyber Monday type promotion, and we're gonna do 28% off all merchandise. And if you don't know what 28% represents, then you need to look at your Yankees history. Uh, the promo I doubt code. People listening to this podcast don't know why it's 28%. <laughs> yeah, that's true. the The promo code is gonna be Hot Stove. Hot Stove for. Uh, for Thanksgiving, hot stove for what's going to be coming up in the uh, winter meetings. It's got many, many meanings. But yeah, hot stove will be the promo code. We'll get you 20% off everything that you possibly order. Um, all the t-shirts, 28%. And I'm going to throw up a, a couple of hoodies on there too. So we'll have uh, we'll have all those in 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 stock and on the on the shop. The hoodies are awesome, like super thick, really thick, good hoodies. Nice. I might get myself an A-bomb shirt. There you go. Um, so since last week we did, uh, an episode and we talked about Brett Gardner trade rumors, uh, quite a bit. And since last we recorded, there's even more Brett Gardner trade rumors. There was reports earlier in the week that there was potential link between the Yankees and the Cubs, and it would be a trade for Starling Castro, who, uh, if you don't know who Starling Castro is, he came up with, with the Cubs when he was, I think 20 years old, he played shortstop for them, but this year he played a little bit of second base as well. He had a down year offensively, but overall he's a pretty good hitter. I mean, he's he's 25 years old. He's a 281 career hitter, and he signed through 2019 with a 2020 club option. So definitely an attractive player, a few years younger than Gardner. So that was sort of a juicy rumor that was floated out there. Yeah, and if you look at Castro's line this year, he, it was kind of a tale of two seasons. The first half of the year, he really struggled. I even think he got sent down, if I remember correctly. He got sent down for a little bit. Maybe I'm off with that, but I think that's right. And he, he, I know he he struggled quite a bit in the beginning of the year, and then turned it on towards uh, towards the middle and, and end of the season. He started hitting, you know, to to kind of the back of the baseball card. So, well, what it was, he he was playing a horrendous shortstop. Yeah. And they moved him over to second base, and he was actually playing a solid defensive uh, second base. Well, and that's good because that's where he would be. I don't, I don't see a move. Yeah, they're not for Castro Didi. for you know moving Didi by any means. That Didi is pretty much entrenched as short. So this seems to be a second base move if this actually comes to fruition. I was surprised at how many fans, Yankee fans on Twitter, were did not want to see Brett Gardner traded. And I'm not just talking about for Starling Castro because there were there were other rumors, and it was to the Indians. For, um, you know, the Indians have a kind of a surplus of pitching. You know, they have Danny Salazar, who's a young guy. Carlos Carrasco, who's a bit older. Salazar is 25 years old, and he's not even arbitration eligible till the end of 2017. And Carrasco is signed through 2018. He's 28 years old. Both good pitchers, definitely not aces, but they're, they're um, number three pitchers with maybe number two upside. 
Um, and, but I was just surprised at how many people on Twitter came to Gardner's defense. And all those players that were floated around, Castro, Salazar, and Carrasco, I think are all pretty good trades if you're the Yankees. Well, you have to remember that the, uh, about the Yankee fan. I mean, everybody, we love our homegrown guys. And he is, he's the next homegrown guy, the last homegrown guy that we, that we can really you know, hold on to. I mean, pretty amazing when you think about it. I know. And, and, but Yankee fans, after the core four and we've, uh, the guys that we've seen that were homegrown, uh, you know, this generation, the core four, we're talking about them and Bernie, um, which still pisses me off that he's not part of that group, the Fab Five or whatever the heck That's you want to call it. the core four plus Bernie. Yeah, but you know we we love our homegrown guys, and that's why people don't want to get rid of Gardner. It has nothing to do with baseball. It has absolutely nothing to do with on the field. Because honestly, if you take a step back and and dismiss the fact that he's a homegrown guy and he's a clubhouse leader, which for for the record I I, I don't dismiss, and I and I don't think is something that's completely um, you know that you can throw out. But if you look at him as a baseball player and on the field, we actually do have players that can play a very similar position. Um, you know, we, and we talked about this last week, but he is a guy that has, you know, people that can fill in for him that are coming up and are ready for the major leagues. They've, they've seen it. Slade Heathcott showed that he was major league ready this year. Granted, he's been injury prone and he's got to get over that. But there's other guys that, you know, have, have shown the potential to uh, fill that spot. We just made a trade uh, for a guy that, Aaron Hicks. Le- that, that legitimately, you know, fits that position. And Gardner has a tradable contract. So if you look at the baseball and you look at the contract and you look at all those things that have to do, that have nothing to do with the fact that we love him and he's a homegrown guy, it makes every bit of sense to trade him. And the guys that you talked about, those Danny Salazar, the Carlos Carrasco, the Starling Castro, those are good hauls, in my opinion. The Danny Salazar or Carrasco over Stalin Castro, uh, in my book, yeah. would be would be a good pull for so, for a Brett Gardner, baseball-wise. So I think Gardner, if you're talking about da- Danny Salazar, I think Brett Gardner would probably be the focal point of the trade. You'd probably have to throw in another piece. Maybe it's a, a mid-level prospect. I don't think you're going to get Salazar for Gardner straight up because Salazar is only 25 years old and Brett Gardner is 32 with and he's aging i mean i love brett gardner but he's aging and he's kind of aging quickly with how you know he is injury prone so um and he played but i mean that's the way he plays right i mean he plays all out he he always hustles and runs into walls and he's gonna get banged up and that's just the nature of it so if you're the indians you're not gonna sit there and give away a 25 year old pitcher for just Brett Gardner, I don't think. At the same time, Danny Salazar is not the prospect he was three years ago. Three years ago, Danny Salazar was the top Major League Baseball prospect. And he really struggled the second year he came in. I think he came in the, the second half of the first year he was in and lit it up, did really well. The only reason I think I know this is because he was on my fantasy team. But but the following year, he he had a very down year. He got sent back down. You know, He was up and down. He walks a lot of guys. His control was all over the place. And so he's not the same guy that he was as far as prospect-wise, so he's not going to get the same haul. So I think it's a Brett Gardner and not even a top-tier guy, like, you know, maybe a mid-level prospect yeah. to, to get him. So I'm looking at Salazar's numbers from last year, and they're, they're actually pretty good. Um, yeah, last won, year he had a good year. Yeah, he won 14 games. He had a 185 innings pitched, and he had a, where is his ERA? Um, 3.45 ERA, and his whip was 1.13. So definitely a very solid year. Yeah, absolutely. He definitely came back and and showed that he could pitch in the, at the major league level, and he has dominant stuff. I mean, he he's got he's got very good stuff. So you know, to me, that's a that's a guy that would be a, a great haul for the Yankees, in my opinion. If they're if they are going to get rid of Gardner, um, 
do you think they kind of have to trade Gardner at this point with all the rumors floating around? I mean, (laughs) it seems like every other day Brett Gardner is linked to a trade. Do Do they have to trade him at this point? Is it almost like if they bring him back... It's like, oh, you were the guy that was floated around in every trade rumor this offseason. It's kind of awkward. Yeah, I don't really buy into all that. I think these guys are professionals, and I think that they know. I know that they they realize that you know trades are part of the game. Uh, you know, different contracts, people managing how much they're spending each year is part of the game. It's all part of the business, and that they don't really take it as you know as a knock on them. I, so I, I think Brett Gardner is a professional. I think he's a he's he's strong-willed. He's got a lot of, uh, you know, he's got a lot of mental toughness. He doesn't really let things affect him, uh, and I, I don't think that will affect him. So if he is on the team, I'm not worried about that at all. Definitely not worried about it if he's still on the team. Um, <clears throat> and not to mention, you got to remember that these guys are in the clubhouse along with Girardi in the dugout, and, and none of this stuff affects those guys. It, it affects you know what they're doing in the front office. It doesn't affect what they do on the field or, or the relationships between the guys. Definitely. I, in hearing the names that were floated around for Gardner, it kind of got me excited. I, I wasn't sure who they would get back for, for Brett Gardner, but if it is a guy like Castro or Salazar or Carrasco, that actually, I think that's an upgrade next season for the Yankees. Yeah, I, you know, I just get sick and tired of hearing about second baseman coming over to the Yankees. I, I just don't understand yeah, it. Yeah, so I got a lot it, of stuff on that. I, so I it really it just bothers me. It bothers me how Rep Center just gets completely dismissed by everybody. <laughs> not Yankee fans, not Yankee fans, but like the front office. It's like he doesn't even exist. It's, it's it pisses me off. Well, obviously, if they bring in Castro, that means Rep Center is is being traded. Um, right. I, I got some some crap from people on Twitter. After I said, oh, I would like that Starlin Castro trade, they would say, haven't you been clamoring for Ref Snyder yes. all year? Yes. Yes, I have. But if you're going to float Starlin Castro out in front of me, I actually like that a little better. I mean, he's only a year older than Rob Ref Snyder, and he's got major league experience. And He's, he's definitely he, a major league proven hitter, yeah, for sure. I mean, we know what Castro is. We don't know what Rob Ref Snyder is. We we think we that he could be good, but um, but, you know, if you're gonna if if you're trying to argue Castro versus Ref Snyder, I don't think it's really a conversation. No, but I'm gonna argue homegrown versus not homegrown, and that's trades are different though. Trades are different when you bring a guy over from a trade versus a free agent. It, I mean, it's not homegrown, but it's the next best thing. You no, kind of feel I know like that you, you did some. You got creative with it to get that guy on your team. But my point is, is that people don't want to get rid of Ref Snyder because he is the guy that's oh, the homegrown yeah, guy, yeah, yeah. and they don't want to get rid of him for a guy that plays the same position that we're trading for. Yeah. It's just it's not something that they want to uh, they want to do. And I'm on the same page. I don't want to do it. I'm getting attacked by my dog right now. In case if I'm like going in and out, literally, my dog Mattingly is legitimately attacking me right now. Well, give her give her a nice pat on the head for She's me. She's eating my hand. Um, it was also thrown around that uh, so uh, an, anom- an anonymous, if I can speak, anonymous uh, MLB exec was quoted as saying that he expects the Yankees to trade Andrew Miller this offseason for a Craig Kimbrell-like haul. The Red Sox just got Craig Kimbrell from the Padres, and they sent four prospects, including two top prospects, over to the Padres. Um, I do not want to trade Andrew Miller. Uh, the biggest strength of the Yankees last season was what? The back is their bull, the, is the back end of back their end of their bullpen. You got to be very careful by saying the bullpen. It was the back end of the you're bullpen. You're gonna you're gonna totally cut off one of those legs if you trade Andrew Miller. Andrew Miller is not he's he signed for three more seasons. 
He's going to be good for definitely two of those seasons, but probably three of those seasons. That contract is not like a, a huge weight on the Yankees. Yes, he's getting paid $13 million, but it's the first big free agent they've run in a while where it's like, wow, not only is he really good right now, but he's going to be really good through the contract and you're going to trade that away. I just don't understand that. Yeah. And I, again, this is the beginning of the hot stove. So there is so much speculation and rumors swirling and people talking and, and then people pulling out of conversations what they want to, so they can write an article. And, you know, we're, we, we comment and we, we report all the things that are being said because that's what we're doing and that's, it's out there. So we're going to report on it. Um, but I, you know, this is what, what Cashman said was that he's going to, Listen to all offers. And personally, I want him to listen to all offers. I want him to listen to offers for Miller. I want him to listen to offers for everybody and anybody because that's his job. His job is to listen to what's out there, assess it, and then make the best decision that he thinks for the New York Yankees. Now, do I want them? Do I think that they can get something valuable for Andrew Miller? Probably. They could probably get something very valuable. Will it, in turn, hurt our team in the short term? Yes, it will. 100%. Now, but I don't know what he's got up his sleeve. You know, there's 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 talk about Chapman being traded as well, or you know, being being moved. If there was something going on there, and there was a you know a side move to move Miller and get a bunch of prospects and sign Chapman. No, but but I'm you're not gonna, gonna lie. To, but I'd be okay with that. But you're gonna have to trade prospects to get Chapman. So you'd be so you'd it. be receiving prospects for Miller and trading away uh, away prospects for Chapman. I get it. That's why it's all it's all part of a big conversation that he's having. You know what I mean? He, it's a part of something that's a, on a bigger scale that we don't know about. It's about it's about that the Yankee fans have no idea what these private conversations are about these players. They know what what the, what Cashman's saying to the media, what he's saying publicly, and that's fine. He's putting it out there that hey, I'm open. Let's talk. I want to hear what you have to say. And to me, I think that's that's exactly what your GM should be doing. I, yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously, I agree. If a team's going to get stupid and give you, you know, give you a list of players that you can pick from for Andrew Miller, you, as Brian Cashman, you got to do it. But I don't, I don't see that happening. If they're going to give you like a Noah Syndergaard and a Travis Darno for <laughs> R.A. Dickey, like like something like that, yeah. like yeah, you know what I mean. Like you got to be your ears got to be open so you know the stupidity coming in. If it does come in, you got to be ready for it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And if you're not listening, then you're not ready for it. So. I, I get it. Look, I don't think I don't think their intention is to trade Andrew Miller. I really, I don't either. I, I would and I think some guarantee fans are that getting that's not their intention. I think some fans are getting confused about that. Right. Well, I think they're definitely getting upset and and just frustrated by the by the words that are being said. And I, you know, let's let's see how this play, let's see how this plays out. Let's see how this how Cashman works his chips because you know what, for for the amount of people that talk uh, talk smack or you know just don't agree with a lot of things that he does. I think he's done a pretty good job, and he's turned a lot of, you know, smaller moves into into big gains for the Yankees. And I think that's where he makes his mark. He does a really good job with those types of moves, and that, that's the kind of thing I'm looking for. All right, so we're gonna try something new uh, with the podcast right now. We got a few topics, news sort of news items that we want to talk about, and then I think we're just gonna play a couple of clips to sort of introduce them. So we'll do that right now. Boston Red Sox slugger David Ortiz announced that he's retiring from baseball after next season. Here to talk about it is Big Poppy himself, David Ortiz. Welcome back, Big Poppy. So you're retiring from baseball. That's right, man. And we celebrated with a big lunch. Yeah, everybody have a lunch. We have mofongo, pica pollo, pescado frito, 
right. Did you watch SNL this week? I did not. I have not watched SNL for like 10 years probably. Uh, so um, uh, Keenan does a pretty funny David Ortiz sort of impersonation. And I've seen that. the picture. I think I've tweeted a picture of him. Yeah, that was him. Uh, he was on Weekend Update. He was doing uh, David Ortiz announcing his retirement. Um, definitely got a good kick out of that. But I know Big Poppy is uh, this is his last season. And it's kind of interesting because I re- recall a quote from David Ortiz when Jeter announced his retirement and was going to go through the whole farewell tour. And David Ortiz said, what Derek Jeter is doing is fine because he's Derek Jeter. But I don't know if I'm going to go through all of that. I'm not going to wake up and be like, I'm going to play this year and then not anymore. To me, it's going to be how things are going through the season and how I feel that I'm going to be like, Mama, it's over. Hmm. <laughs> you can't get attention like that. Like, you can't get attention if you do it like that. <laughs> Ortiz talking out both sides of his mouth a year ago saying he's not going to do a whole Derek Jeter announcement, Mariano announcement, and then do a whole farewell tour retirement. And then he does the exact same thing. Announces it in, it's November. The season is still like four months, five, six months away. And he's already announced his retirement. (laughs) Uh, Fraud. (laughs) Just giant fraud. Well, yeah. I mean, we've, we've known he's a fraud for a long time. I mean, He's been he's been part of the steroid conversation for a long time. He denies every se- every single time. He's, his name has been listed in in one of the reports. I don't even know which one it was anymore. Can't even keep them straight. The 2003 list, the one that okay. Arod also appeared on. Okay, so so look, he's he's one of the guys. Uh, you know, he's not going to get a farewell tour. Oh, I think he, he is. shouldn't get a farewell tour. Well, maybe he will. I don't know. I'm not going to acknowledge his stupid he's farewell already, tour. He has already announced that. He doesn't want to receive gifts. He just wants to receive uh, donations to his charity, which, I mean, I can't knock. I'm not, I'm not that much of an asshole. That's, I mean, donate all you want to his charity, other teams, because obviously it's going to help good people. But he's going to get a farewell tour. Yeah, well, we should remember his time with the Twins. Oh, you mean the fact that he was a, a backup bench player and couldn't sniff the field because he was not very good? And yeah, then yeah. Mirac- miraculously, miraculously, he teamed up with Manny Ramirez, and he was awesome. At 27 years old, decided he's gonna when he signed with the Red Sox that he's gonna start hitting 35 homers a year until he's 40, 40 plus. How old is he now? <clears throat> I think he's 40. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. He bothers me. He's just he's just one of those guys who who is irritating. He's he's always in the spotlight, or he's he's not he's always looking for the spotlight. Oh, I, definitely. He's and so it. the fact that he talks about not having a farewell tour just. I mean, I could have told you when he said that 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 was complete, complete nonsense that he was going to uh, announce it because he loves the attention. Yeah, he absolutely loves the attention. He's a selfish player. Um, I mean, we've seen that a few times. I mean, we saw it when I think this was 2000 and I want to say 2009. He barged into Terry Francona's press conference and yelled because the scorer did gave uh, the fielder an error. So he didn't get an RBI. One RBI, a guy making $18 million a year, whatever he makes, is complaining over one freaking RBI. Um, I mean, we saw him bash the phone in, in um, what was it, Baltimore when he struck out. I mean, I've never seen him strike out on a pitch he agrees with. Always, always argue. He'll swing and miss and argue with the ump. 
And his hands always just go straight up in the air, like it's and it's like the worst thing that ever happened. I'm surprised he hasn't gotten tossed out of more games, but yeah, you know he, he's he, he's just one of those guys, man. He's probably one of the last hated guys I have over at the Red Sox right now. So exactly, that that's kind of one of the sad things to see. I, you know, I don't really know enough of those guys or really have a history with those guys as a, as a fan to hate any of them over there at least yet. Who are we gonna hate when he's gone? Yeah, I know someone needs to step up. We need to, we need to renew this rivalry. It needs to be renewed. Pedroia is one of these guys, I mean, he's been there for a while, but I don't yeah. know if he's good enough to hate anymore. He seems like he's falling apart. I feel like his size is starting to get to him. He's just, he's getting so banged up, man. He plays so hard. I See, I don't even hate him, though. Like, just because of the way, the size that he is, like, I kind of respect he's the fact a, that. I mean, he's a definitely an annoying player, I think. Yeah. But, but I mean, that's a, I say that actually as, an, as a compliment. Um, you know, he's hard to strike out. He, he, he makes plays. He's sort of a gritty guy. Um, annoying player to play against. Yeah, I just I have a hard time hating him. You know, some of the guys that I hated were uh, Papelbon, like oh. one of my top five hated. Mike Timlin, I absolutely despised Mike Timlin. I hated Veritek. Um, I hated Millar when he was a Red Sox. I, there was there's I mean I have a, a laundry list of guys that I hated. I hate Dave Roberts to this day. Oh, new manager of the Dodgers. Yeah, I cannot stand him. Um, so there's there's a number of people that I hate on the that are that are former Red Sox or I forget have I ever said on this podcast who my number one most hated Red Sox of all time is? I feel like you have, and it was somebody that I wasn't expecting. It's Brian Dabach. Oh yeah, that's it. Okay, okay, I have said that. Okay, hated that guy. Why? Because uh, he always seemed to get a hit, like when it was the seventh inning and the Red Sox were down by a run and they needed a hit, he'd get a hit. And also, in between pitches, he would take his batting helmet off, lick his wrist, and then rub it on his forehead. And I found <laughs> that very irritating. Yeah, well, he definitely got you. I think that's the only thing he's going to remember for is, <laughs> is your your uh, your hate for him. So I, I put out on Twitter um, what the Yankees, if they are going to give Ortiz a farewell gift, what they should get, what they should give him as a farewell gift. Got some responses. I think we're going to read them. Uh, first of all, thank you to everybody who suggested that the Yankees give him poop. Uh, got that about one out of every four suggestions. Um, <clears throat> this one from TB03, give him a pacifier for the next time he cries when he gets caught looking. I think we already touched on that, how he definitely is a complainer. Um, at Null Hitter, a video montage of every time he struck out against the Yankees pitching. Johnny Duckett says, a beaning. Greedy Stripe says, give him a 2004 calendar that ends after we went up 3-0. I, I enjoyed that one. <laughs> uh, Mr. Nice Ring says, a contract. No, I guess, boo. I guess this guy is a David Ortiz fan. He would yeah, do some damage at Yankee Stadium, though. Oh, yeah, we don't have enough or DHs that are 40. <laughs> Can we field nine DHs? <laughs> Yankees fan 209 says a special milkshake. DMR711 says they should give him whatever the Red Sox would give A-Rod. Which kind of brings up a good point. If A-Rod's not going to get a farewell tour, which I don't think he is, hug him more Who knows, man? He's on pace for a farewell tour at this point. Oh, you mean the Are you referring to the A-Rodicens? People sort of love him. Uh, now. Mar0593 says red carpet facing the door. Um, and then, uh, Johnny X Diaz says a glitter bomb. I had to look up what a glitter bomb was. So you know how you can send people poop? Mm, okay. Can, no, I don't know. I did not know you could no, send. It's, it's like a website. You can go and you can send people poop. You can send people something that is a like glitter. Lighting the, lighting the, lighting the bag on yeah, fire? Yeah, like Billy Madison style. Yeah. Right. 
So I looked this up, a glitter bomb. You can send somebody like a package and it, it blows up and it just sends glitter everywhere. Mm. I'm not just, I'm not going to send anybody a package that blows up. <laughs> That's <fair. laughs> uh, Brian or, or Bry Hackett 10 says a framed jersey of the one that was buried underneath Yankee, the new Yankee Stadium. Was that ever dug up? I, I, I have no idea. You remember that, though? No, I don't. Oh, when they were building the new Yankee Stadium, um, there was a construction worker who was working on it who was a Red Sox fan. Yeah. And he apparently buried an, or a David Ortiz jersey somewhere in the cement of the new Yankee Stadium. Yeah, now that you're saying this, is ringing a bell. Uh, no, I have not. I, I seriously doubt they dug it up, but if, if it's even true. It probably isn't true. Yeah, it sounds like one of those things that's not true that nobody can prove. Like, oh, I'm going to say this. How can you prove that I'm wrong? And it's not exactly like it cursed the Yankees, considering they won a World Series the first year they were in that stadium. Yeah. The next one's my favorite. <laughs> yes, and uh, J Dub Sep says a Derek Jeter gift basket. That's perfect. That's exactly what he should get. That would be hilarious. You go out there with a basket of Derek Jeter memorabilia. That would be perfect. Which brings us to our next topic. Right. I'm sure there's there's stories out there that you guys have heard that you think the gift basket story. You guys heard this gift yeah. basket are story? You a, are you a mind reader? I mean, you got... I mean, just think about... You say, oh, you say me, what I, the rumor is. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it, but it, they, you guys know what it okay, is. Okay, I'm going to say it. But, but when when a, when a young lady is 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 making her way either out of the door or out of your I life, you a, present them with a nice gift, gift basket. basket. <laughs> well, hold on. But... So that was our boy Jeter on the Joe, uh, new Joe Buck show, I guess. Joe I love the new Derek Jeter. I love the new Derek Jeter. <laughs> I guess Joe I love Buck. the old Derek Jeter, and I love the new Derek Jeter. He's got, like, two Jeters, and I love both of them. <laughs> First of all, Joe Buck has a new show. Surprise, yeah, was, everybody. Was, yeah, yeah. He, he just completely slept that one. And nobody. I think after the end of that, it was like, Jeter, Jeter. I'm like, was that Joe Buck on his own show it's again? It's exclusively on DirecTV. Okay, so, so um, what's his name? Ari Gold didn't completely... Ari Gold, no, that's from that's from Entourage. Uh, Entourage, the the guy from from um, the Howard Stern show who completely ruined the Joe Buck show. Artie Lang, oh my Lang. god, honestly, he so is the one who I thought I thought Joe Buck was never going one on one with when anybody. When I blogged yeah. this, when I blogged this, I said that I hope this show for Joe Buck goes better than the first show because Artie Lang absolutely that was hysterical. It's one of I think it's the most cringeworthy. Like no doubt about it. Half hour of TV in history. I was just telling somebody about it, and I rewatched it. I rewatched it like last week. You have to watch just it through. You your go to fingers. YouTube. There's part one and part two. <laughs> you have to like sort of look away. You don't want. You don't really want to see it, but you want to see it. Yeah, it's hilarious. And Jason Sudeikis and Paul Rudd are on it too. And apparently, he grew up with Paul Rudd, which is is something altogether uh, separate. And then Sudeikis is like just starting to get his 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 uh, you know his his light. On on uh, on Saturday Night Live, like people are just starting to find out who he is, and and he's starting to get attention, and he's actually pretty funny on it too. I I mean, I found it to be a f- so this is why I think people hate Joe Buck because he takes himself too seriously. He he was like insulted that you that Artie Lang made fun of him. Like you invite right. Artie Lang on your show, he's gonna make fun of you. That's what Artie Lang does. Didn't he? Did he not expect that to happen? Yeah, anytime you in, you invite somebody from the Howard Stern show on your show on HBO where there's no holds barred, you better get ready to fight, man. You better you better expect the worst and and be ready for it and and not be a poor sport because that's just that made it so much worse. 
But anyway. uh, I mean, this, anyway, he did a good job of Jeter. No, so I mean, I'm I don't know if I'm ever going to see the full interview because I don't have Direct TV and I'm not flying United anytime soon. But Joe Buck, I guess, interviewed Jeter for three hours. They had to sit down. I mean, the show wasn't going to be three hours, but he sat down with him for three hours. I don't think Derek Jeter did three hours of interviews in his entire his career. Life, his career, yeah. And it's and it's amazing that Joe Buck got it. You know, there's there's something going on there well, with Fox. I think it's because Joe Buck. Well, Joe Buck is harmless. I mean, I mean, I'm, I say that not in a bad way or a good way. I mean, Jeter's like, I'm not, you know, it's not exactly like Joe Buck's going to ask me some hard hitting questions. I know, but he did bring up the gift basket thing. I mean, that's, Jeter that's brought it up. Much like the, Jeter brought it up. But that's like the worst thing you could. That's like probably the the worst of Derek Jeter, right? I mean, of the worst rumor, I'd say. I mean, he hasn't done anything bad in public because he's an angel. But <laughs> but but that's like the worst. If it's a bad rumor, that's the worst one. It's not even bad. It's just funny. Which he denied. Which he completely denies, and he, and he calls everybody completely foolish for believing it, which I believe him. Why wouldn't I? I'm a cheater. I believe everything he says. I don't think there was ever a gift, a gift basket scenario because I think— No, that's, he's not that stupid. Well, if there was, it would have surfaced by now. The actual gift basket? One of the gift baskets to one oh, of Dead the Spin girls. Oh, Deadspin would definitely have a gift, ba- a gift basket by now, no doubt. 100%. And yeah. it would be filled with Bernie Williams signed CDs. So I don't know what this gift basket is, and I don't think it ever existed. I think I think some bitter girl just, you know, didn't get a phone call back, and or maybe, you know, maybe he waited a little too long. Like that was the worst thing he did, and then she, you know, she made something up. That's what I think happened. Now he probably made her breakfast, or and some got dude made a cab on, for a ride home, or some bored guy who, who had a couple too many made something up and and floated the story and it, and it ran. Uh, he also talked about the rumors. Do you remember the cell phone rumors, how he didn't allow anybody in his house with a cell phone? They'd have to check it. Essentially it check bucket. it at the door. Yeah. Yeah. They put it in like a little bowl or something. Yeah. I do he also denied this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the way he goes about it is pretty funny. I, I don't look, I, you're about to say, you think that one's true. Yep. That's what you're about to say. Aren't you? Do you know why? Well, uh, you're going to tell me. Have you ever seen a Have damaged- you been to his house and had to drop off your cell phone? Yeah, all the time. Every Friday night. When were cell phones? I didn't have a cell phone until like 2002. We we Netflix and chill on Saturday nights. Okay. <laughs> um, because I've never seen a bad picture of Derek Jeter. And eventually if people are in his house and I, I know he has a good time, he parties. It's clear. I mean, he doesn't do it. Uh, in in public much, but I think he is a normal person and he has people over and he parties. This is where you're completely underestimating the power of Derek Jeter. So you just think everybody just is like, oh, I respect Jeter so much. I'm not going to take a pic. Yes, that's exactly. I mean, I'm sure his friends, I think think celebrities would, but if if you're just a random. He controls who's in his room. He controls who's there. That's the thing. (sighs) He controls who's there. And they know if they're going there. There's no, it's a sealed event. That's it. What happens is Derek Jeter's apartment stays in Derek Jeter's apartment. That's it's just a known it's a known commodity. Everybody knows that. If you want to go to Derek Jeter's, if you want to get an invitation back, it's like all these basketball that games. That is true. That's that your best argument you've made. If if the if the you know those basketball games that happen in Hollywood, like these secret games that happen with the celebrities, they're all over the place. I hear about them with like you know these like big basketball games that are like pickup games. That like Jordan has sometimes he has some in Charlotte. Like if you want to get invited to these games and if you want to get invitation back to these games, you better mind your p's and q's and know the under you know the underscored rules and you better not disobey any of these rules. That is so, the best I, argument you've made. Yeah, it's a, I mean that's it. I Derek, still I don't know about that cell phone rule. But for if I was a celebrity like Derek Jeter, I would have people check their cell phones. I don't want I don't want stuff floating around out there about me. Me too. 
He's Derek Jeter. Uh, you can. <laughs> he doesn't need to. You he, are. He, he's never done anything. He's never. He, he deserves. He's never done anything wrong. Then. No, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong. He's an angel. <clears throat> Who was it? It was uh, Colin Cowherd in his early days on ESPN. Every time anybody would mention Derek Jeter, he would play the oh, like Angels song in the background every single time. That was hilarious. Well, I mean, it is fitting. It is fitting. He's an angel. All right. Speaking of someone who could have been the next uh, sort of Derek Jeter for the Yankees. Robbie Cano. And don't you know. So our boy Robbie Cano is unhappy in Seattle, if you could have ever imagined that happening. Shocker. This dude has chosen money and Jay-Z over uh, a solid career, possibly a Hall of Fame career, and winning championships. So, you know... He's going to lay in his bed, man, and uh, and these rumors are going to keep flying because I guarantee he's not happy out there. So we, we touched on it earlier in the episode, but what we're talking about is ex-first base coach for the Mariners, Andy Van Slyke. I mean, he's definitely a disgruntled employee. There's no doubt about it, but he basically ripped Cano this, or last week, end of last week. He did a radio interview. He said that uh, he ripped him for his lack of hustle, said he couldn't get a hit in a big moment, and he said he was the worst third-place hitter he has ever seen in the major leagues. Talking about the first half of the year. First he did the say year. the first half of the year, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, today, uh, some more sort of reports came out that um, Cano is unhappy in Seattle. Um, John Harper for, I think, New York Daily News wrote a story and spoke to a friend of Cano who said he's not happy in Seattle and he would love to be able to find his way back to New York. Yeah, Robbie, guess what, man? You, you signed a deal with the devil, brother. You, you signed you signed with, with Rock Nation, Jay-Z, got you a huge contract. He did his job and got you some big money. And you sacrificed your baseball career is what you did. You got exiled to Seattle where nobody even knows what's going on out there. No offense to Seattle or the West Coast, but honestly, we all know that there's an East Coast bias with sports. And we have no clue what's going on in Seattle until we play you. That's just the truth. And half the time when we play you, it's 10 o'clock at night and nobody's watching. So let's let's you we know what you did. You know what you did. You saw the size of that ballpark. You saw what you were going into. You're not gonna have the same career. That's it. I mean, you came up with the New York Yankees. You you were you were played with guys like Derek Jeter and Andy Pettit and Mariano Rivera and Jorge Posada and Alex Rodriguez. You won a world. Bernie Williams. No, he didn't play with Bernie Williams. Or did he? Yeah, I think the end 2005. of the Two thousand five, yeah, yeah. Okay. You won a World Series. You made all-star team after all-star team. And then you leave that and you go to Seattle. There's going to be a drop-off in, in emotion. In, in everything. everything. <laughs> I mean, everything. You're not, it's just not going to be the same. I don't care how much money you're making. At a certain point, if you're making $175 million, which is what the Yankees offered him, or you're making $240 million, you're rich. You're just filthy freaking rich no matter what. And eventually money... It, does not buy happiness. He would have been happier in New York. There's no doubt in my mind about that. I honestly don't know what I could get, what I couldn't get with 175 million that I could get with 240 million that would actually be plausible. Uh, uh, you could now buy a 240 million dollar yacht instead of a 175 million dollar yacht. Right. So my point is that it, it actually, like, yes, it's going to help you out, and it's going to help your family for years and years and years and years and years. But so would 170 million. And if you go with the right people, they probably could have turned into a hell of a lot more, and they probably are right now. My point is, you're going to be safe and solid for like two, three generations, and nobody has to do a damn thing. 
So you know what you do? You choose the place where you're going to be happy and you're going to you're going to start and you're going to build a legacy. You were the guy. You would have been the next guy. And you blew it. You threw it away. You threw away the New York Yankees, the greatest sports organization on the face of this planet to go to Seattle for for what accounts to a few million dollars in the long run. I don't know, man. You made your bed. It's not. I, no one's going to give you the uh, the Dodgers, Red Sox, get out of jail free card. Yeah, I think you're going to have to be in Seattle for a long time. And and well, uh, speaking of that, <laughs> we've got a mailback question addressing that. Mark Schaeffer asks, "How much of Cano's contract would Seattle have to eat to trade to New York to be desirable for Cashman?" So the rumors have been floating around, and and this is like a very hot rumor because it's. You know, if you look at it on at face value, it's like, okay, maybe this could actually happen. It, and it makes sense, as you said. Face value makes sense. Face value. The the we're we're speaking of the Jacoby Ellsbury contract that that Yankees and the Yankee fans are not happy with, and a guy who's underperforming, and then the Robbie Cano contract, who is underperforming, they're not happy with, and basically the Yankees gave Robbie Cano money to. Uh, Jacoby Ellsbury. He gave that. They, we gave that money to Jacoby Ellsbury. So it's like a flip flop of that offseason. In essence, is what it's happening. Jacoby Ellsbury is from the Pacific Northwest, and we all think it's the same place, even though it's like hours on hours difference. <laughs> yeah, but, it's like a plane. But in right New away. York, it's like the same. Yeah, it's like the same area. It's like it's like Hoboken in New York. You know, <laughs> Portland and Seattle are like Hoboken in New York, as far as we're concerned. And you know, it just makes sense. But, 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 but. Yeah. There is a lot more that goes into it. The contract that Robbie Cano has and the contract that, that Ellsbury has, they're, they're not that compatible. Someone's got to eat a lot of money, and it's going to be Seattle eating a lot of money because the Yankees didn't agree to it in the first place, so why would they do it now? And I think if you're going to trade Cano for um, Ellsbury straight up, it would be the team getting Cano who would have to eat money because, let's face it, right now Cano is a better player than Jacoby Ellsbury. Yes, and... I just don't see the Yankees doing it. No, I don't you know, see them doing it. Either. I absolutely don't see the Yankees doing it. I think he burned a bridge when he left and the way he was talking. I think there were there were there were things that happened and I think he did burn a bridge here and you know to me I, I don't think it's uh, it's a point where you can come back. And honestly, we got Rob Refsnyder who's coming up. <laughs> and I've been calling for this dude all year. I want Rob Refsnyder. I don't even want you back in, anymore, Cano. I don't want you here. I'm done with you. I've you already forgotten him. about you. You quit Cano. I quit you. I quit you. You are done. You're in Seattle. You're you're living your life. Say la vie. Good luck, kid. Bring up Rob Refsnyder. <laughs> I don't think I can say anything else about it. Uh, so the, the awards were announced this week. We'll go through this quickly because there's really not a ton to talk about. But the AL MVP went to Josh Donaldson. Not no any, shocker there. No shocker there. Definitely deserved it. A.L. Cy Young went to Yankees nemesis Dallas Keuchel. Shut the I Yankees mean, down three times this season, including the wild card game. I think if I remember correctly, it was 18 scoreless innings. It was something ridiculous. And, yeah, we didn't touch him. I mean, we, we didn't even come within, you know, eight inches of his ball, apparently. So, yeah, he was, he was, uh, he was dominant. He looked like a Cy Young to us, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was between him and Price, but I, d- I definitely think he deserved it. Uh, NL MVP went to Harper, future Yankee Bryce Harper. Um I mean, probably the – I think he statistically, of from all the Sabre metrics, had the best season since Barry Bonds in, like, 2004. Yeah, you know, if you um, if you like good baseball players and you like watching players who play hard with a little bit of attitude, then Bryce Harper's your guy. He's definitely got that edge. And everybody in Under the Moon thinks he's going to be Yankee in 2018. He also can't pronounce the word memes. 
Yeah, I heard about. I didn't actually see the clip of that, but did you? How did he pronounce it? Maymays. Maymays. <laughs> I mean, was he just being funny, or was no? That... He legit thought it was Maymays. Uh, that's pretty funny. And Arietta won the NL Cy Young, which I was actually kind of surprised about because a lot of times baseball writers they get stuck in the oh, it was Granky who had the best, you know, game one to game one sixty two season. Even though Arietta had a, a ridiculous second half, I'm going to vote for Granky. But Arietta got it, and it's because he had the most ridiculous second half I think I've ever seen. Yeah, if you look at the full body of work, it it, it actually Granky would have easily won it. And Arietta had just a filthy, filthy, filthy second half, and that, that got him. But I was surprised, too, that they didn't go for the longevity and go for Granky. It's That's very against the MO of the writers. Yeah. They, they usually go for that, that guy who um, has the extended season. So I was surprised when that happened, uh, but I guess it was just too great to d- ignore. All right, so last week we talked, we did a, we posed a question of the week. And the question was, if you were Cashman, what would your number one move be? Um, we got some Twitter responses, and they're pretty quick, so we'll just run through them. Um, at Tiz71 says, Justin Upton, please. And I know you and I are definitely on board with Justin Upton over Jason Hayward, correct? Absolutely. Like if they had to pick one of them. Yeah, I I kind of don't want Jason Hayward. I feel like Jason Hayward is just going to – I just – I have a gut feeling that he would be a giant bust if he came here. Jason Hayward is a good player, but he's going to get MVP-type contract because he's only 26 years old. He's going to get – I remember the end of his Atlanta days or somewhere – maybe it wasn't the very end, but like towards the end. He just wasn't that good of a player. He's, and He had a rebound season in – um, St. Louis, yes. but he only I'll, hit 13 home runs. Yeah, and for a guy like that, you want more pop. And I, I'm very, I'm very skeptical of these rebound seasons. You know what I mean? Like I need to see it a couple more times. You mean you mean you're skeptical skeptical of a season when it conveniently comes right before his free agency season? Yeah, these these peaks and valleys right before the peaks right before contracts are are, are renegotiated or right as they're due are very suspect to me. And, you know, I don't know. I feel like sometimes these guys are playing for the wrong reasons. And the, the culture in, in St. Louis is a lot different than it was in Atlanta. So I don't know how much that actually contributes to that. And, you know, if he's not in the in in like such a tight, tight community, like the from what on the outside looking in, I feel like St. Louis must have, uh, you know, how he would perform. I don't know. I just I don't want him to be frank. I just don't want him. And I don't want Justin Upton really either. But I, I would I would not be upset with Justin Upton. No. Because Justin Upton is, is has proved himself many a time in, in what, three different cities. And the dude just rakes. Every time he's out there, he rakes. And he's a right-handed bat that we need. I like it, – it, it's a fit. It's a need. Jason Hayward, to me, is not a, a great fit. <clears throat> um, at Pug underscore money says Zobrist. Yeah, I'm done with these utility. Look, Zobris is a great player. If if we could have him for like you know relatively cheap, then great, he'd be a good player. But you guys have listened to me this entire time and this entire season. I want Rob Repsnyder. I want Rob Repsnyder at second base. I don't know how many times I gotta say it. You should get a Rob Repsnyder tattoo. A tattoo? Yeah, you That's should aggressive. get a Ref Snyder tattoo. I don't have any tattoos on my body right now, so the fact that I would getting a Rob Ref Snyder tattoo as my first tattoo—it's <laughs> a little that, strong. That would be strong. That would be aggressive. So I don't see that happening. I will—I'll get a jersey. I'll do that. Um, yeah. So you know, I'll rack my brain and try to think of a yeah. an interesting, cool shirt for him. That's what I was just gonna say. We gotta get—we <laughs> gotta get a Ref Snyder shirt out there. But I, I don't think I'll do a tattoo. Yeah, you—that that just won't happen. But. 
But I so look, I, I like Zobris as a player. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I do. I like him a lot. I think he's gonna cost a decent amount of money. I think he's, you know, gonna be getting to the um he's not at the at the peak. He's gonna be falling to the he's later half the, of his he, career. He's on the back nine right now. He's he's definitely on the back nine. Well it's it's you know, he's he's just crossing into that, but he's definitely on the on the no, back he's 30, nine. He's thirty four years old. He's he's he just he's thirty four. Yeah, he just I had he, was a, he just birdied the fourteenth hole. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He's further along than I thought he was. But, yeah, so he's a guy that's a nice compliment. He's not what we need right now. He, we're not looking for complimentary players at this point. We're looking for guys that we can, that we can build on. We're, we're looking for guys that can, that can stay in a position for a long time. We're looking for Rob Refsnyder to come in and take that second-base job. That's what we're looking for. I think I'm going to name this episode Rob Refsnyder. I hope he's listening. <laughs> Let's go, Rob. Come on, baby. We, we need you there. Um, at DCR Stam said David Price. And we also got that suggestion from Carolina Yankee One. And also from Yankees Fan Forever. She said, or he said, I think it's a she because I think I tweet with her um, sometimes, said pitching wins championships, hashtag Price, hashtag Granky. And I mention this because today Verducci on the MLB Network said that the Red Sox are all in on Granky and or David Price and that it's their top priority to get one, at least one of them. And we know David Price loves the ALE, so my money's on David Price. I also don't see Granky going to a team like Boston or New York or any of those sort of East Coast um, you know, markets where it's going to be a lot of pressure on him because we know he has that those anxiety issues. I mean, I mean, he did pretty well in L.A. He had yeah, one of his best come seasons. Come on. L.A. is not a media – that's not a difficult media market. There's, I mean, there are softballs given, but I'm saying it's a big market with expectations. I guess it, not that big of expectations. It's not like the East no. Coast. You're, all right, all, no, he you're right. The, you're right. He was, you're right. He was the number two guy on that staff. That's true. So, I, I mean, if he goes to Boston, he would be the number one guy getting paid $30 million or $28 million a year to win in Boston. I, that's a lot of pressure for someone like Granke. I think Price can handle it, but I don't know about Granke. We'll see what happens, man. But I, I think Price is that guy that they want. They know Price very well. They know the type of player he is. He obviously knows the AL East. He knows a lot of the players in the in the division. He's won in the division uh, multiple times. Dombrowski so, loves him. Exactly. There is that relationship that you cannot you cannot ignore that 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 relationship is absolutely there. And these guys like to bring in people they're comfortable with. So I could see that happening. All right. So we're going to pose the question of the week for next week. And as a reminder, definitely hit us up on Twitter and Facebook with the question as well as submit to the mailbag. You can find it right on bronxpinstripes.com slash podcast. I'll be tweeting about it from my account as well as the Bronx Pinstripes account. Um, you can also call the voicemail line at 646-480-0342. Question of the week is, if you were Joe Girardi, what would your plan be to keep A-Rod and Teixeira healthy next season? It's a huge, huge question going into next season because they need both of those guys healthy through September this year if they're going to compete into the playoffs next year. Yeah, and it's not just an A-Rod to share a question. It's a, it's, a, it's a roster question, really, because there are so many different things that you can do to try to keep them fresh you know, with the different flexibilities that we have with the, with the, the roster and who's going to be there and who's not going to be there and who's going to start in AAA and who's not going to start in AAA. And uh, so, yeah, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of different components that go into that question. So definitely play Girardi, and let's see what you got on that one. I'm, I'm definitely interested to hear what the rest of the, uh, the Bronx faithful have to say about, about that situation. And hopefully your answer has something to do with the words Greg Bird. <laughs> 
All right, so uh, Scott, happy Thanksgiving, and uh, happy, Thanksgiving happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.